Другое дело, что перспективы развития атаки, они, ну, такие, скажем, ограниченные. Зуб на льду оказался. Защитник зуб на льду. Ну, а дальше уже все... проход О -о -о. великолепный силовой, который любили во все времена и во всех странах. Очень красивый. Ярослав Косов, по-моему, сохранил здоровье. Я так упал, да? Потому что тоже падает грамотно наука. Аска забивает, ломается клюшкой, порой это получается даже более непредсказуемый бросок. Алексей, вам слово, потому что это действительно номер цирковой. Не получается целыми, а когда ломается, то шайба берет и залетает в верхнюю это я не знаю, как объяснить, потому что все прекрасно помнят да, шайбу предыдущей встречи от Андрея Зубарева, который 118 матчей не забрасывал, а тут... Alrighty then, well, 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 welcome to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, the podcast that um, just doesn't quit, where this is, this is like the third or fourth week in a row. After we took a bit of a hiatus for about, I don't know, six or eight months or so, And uh, yeah, that was uh, our new intro that Randy, co-host Randy, put together. That's um, that's some of our uh, Russian comrades over there talking hockey in Russia. Um, you know, it's a global game. Anyway, uh, co-host Tom here with you, and uh, we've got a special guest on today's show. It's uh, stand-up comedian and hockey fan in general, Matt Nightingale. Say hi to the folks. What's up? What's up, guys? Right Randy, Tom. Thanks nice for joining us again. again, Matt. Thanks for having me again. We were just talking pre-show that um, I think the last time you were on uh, episode of Talking Hockey was uh, Tommy says it was in February or March, basically right before uh, right before things shut down. Yeah, yeah. that almost yeah. seems like uh, seems like a couple years ago, not a few months ago. It it really does, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, it seems so long ago. Did you it's... know that that game where the the Zamboni driver beat the Leafs was last season? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's crazy. That seems That's like so long ago. Point. That, that's a good reference point, that game, because everybody remembers that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's weird that it was last season. So before we jump into uh, some in-depth hockey talk, just give us a like, give us an update. What what have you been doing the past few months, uh, comedy wise, and what's been keeping you busy and, and stuff like that? Ooh, oh man, uh, well, comedy wise, it's kind of shut. It's shut down now, right? Like, not a whole lot going on. I've, I've done a few Zoom shows, which is hell. It's the worst thing that you right. can do. Uh, and I don't know, the, the club here in Winnipeg, Rumors, was open for the summertime uh, with half capacity. Uh, so we had a decent summer. Um, we had a roast battle, won the roast battle. Nice. All my friends' hearts. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we shut down again. So, yeah, uh, these days, the odd Zoom show. But other than that, uh, yeah. just plotting waiting and i saw a uh, cbc article that uh that hunks wrote uh yeah. nice you were part of the of that came out the other day and um yeah. i really enjoyed your i assume it was your uh input photo of you on a plane probably very real photo i don't think that was photoshopped <laughs> at all but uh, plotting when the when the plane landed yeah 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, we, we got uh, a little bit of work at a CBC, and uh, Tim actually from Hunt actually does clap when planes land, but yeah. not sincerely. He just tries to get strangers to clap. Along yeah, with him. I I would clap with him. I don't know. I well, thought I think it's a very miracle of flight. <laughs> we really should be going mentally. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's a European thing. Well, definitely for, definitely for overseas flights. Because, you know, yeah. I, I know any overseas flight I've been on, usually there's a f- fairly large, you know, round of applause <laughs> after a seven oh, or eight yeah. hours. Sure, I'd imagine... Yeah. I'd imagine any planes uh, in the KHL when they make it to their destination, they'll. Oh. That's a dirty one. Yeah. I feel very. I feel yeah. bad saying it, and I, no, I feel worse. We might uh, get uh, knocked off the air, but uh, yeah. good thing we know the guy who runs the station. Um, Matt, just tell <laughs> oh, us a yeah. bit more about like the what was the roast competition that you won there? What was that all about? Uh sixteen team, sixteen individual battle royale. Uh, winner takes all basically uh, two comics on stage saying the worst possible things you could say about one another <laughs> going back and forth for five jokes and then the judges weigh in and uh, the winner moves on the loser is a loser yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah so-, so that was fun it was good it was good to have everybody like uh, it was good to have eight comics on any given night, not the whole 16 every night, but uh, eight comics every night and see each other after a lockdown and stuff and then kind of get it out of our systems. It was nice. Yeah. Well, I imagine something yeah. like that too is good to keep your brain, you know, think, you know, thinking quickly and, you know, really exercise, uh, you know, as opposed to doing something that's like a rehearsed, maybe skit or like a rehearsed stand-up yeah. routine. This is something that you got, kind of got to do right on the fly and maybe like retaliate based on something that they just said. Is there a lot of stuff like right off the fly yeah. that you're doing? Yeah. Well, I, I don't, uh, I feel like, uh, what I do, I, I try and just be above any sort of retaliation that they give me and, uh, try and let that wash off, off my back. But uh, other other guys, other comedians, they're really good at coming up with stuff on the fly. I'm not that great at it, so I rely on the writing. But like, yeah, you you if you win your round, you have no idea who you're going to be up against in the next round, and the next round is tomorrow, right? So then, you, you, yeah, it's a real grind writing five jokes in a night that are going to be presentable at a comedy club. It's, it's not easy to write one. So yeah, it's, it's, it can be tough. Do do you, Matt, do you have any, um, do you have any hockey jokes or hockey related jokes in your repertoire? Oh, do I? No, I take hockey too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the listeners, uh, Matt is wearing a Yorkton Terriers t-shirt. Uh, yeah. Yorkton Terriers of the SJHL. Um, a pretty good, pretty good squad, I'd say. I don't know uh, when the last time they won the SJ was, or if they ever have. That ha- that'd be a job for our intern to check on Google, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you were just saying before we went on air that you got that shirt while doing a gig at a 
Terriers game or adjacent to a, a Terriers game? Yeah, it was a it was a corporate Christmas party in the arena, in like a conference room in the arena that where the Terriers were playing that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I bombed that one. That was so. The best <laughs> thing that came out of that one was this Terriers shirt. <laughs> well, it's a sweet shirt. It's a very sweet shirt. And I think Tom was just yeah, looking yeah, for some. Uh, potential hockey chirps for our next game you know if you had any material but i guess we'll have to go back to the well for that one Jeez, no i just say whenever i'm on the ice i just say four letter words that's all <laughs> i'm not creative i i'm too quick to drop the gloves <laughs> so i guess maybe similarly to to the your battle there at rumors you know the nhl went through a you know, a bit of a tournament there in, in whenever that was, August, I guess, to August yeah. to October, August to September. Did How much of the bubble did you watch? Uh, I watched a lot, actually. I watched uh, all the Jets games, and then uh, I was that tuning That went quick, in... didn't it? <laughs> it sure did. Oh, man, <laughs> I had such high hopes, too. When we, we slaughtered Vancouver in the practice game before... <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's it. Like, Vancouver is so much better than Calgary. We're going to tune these flames. And, uh, whoo, boy. Yeah. It was, uh, Didn't well, go it according to plan. Opposite. No, no, I did not. Uh, so I watched all of that. And then, uh, yeah, no, I was tuning in mostly uh, pretty much every night. I mean, what else was I going to do, right? I just sit amongst a pile of groceries and, you know. <laughs> And that's all I had to do. I developed restless leg syndrome uh, over the last few months, so I would stretch and watch the games and then ease myself to bed. What did you think of the whole, you know, setup and like the 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 play in round and then and then how they executed it? Like, was that something that you enjoyed, or do you kind of miss how how it used to be? Uh, well, I miss I miss how it used to be, but uh, I think given the circumstances, I think they did pretty dang good. Like watching those games um, after the first couple of minutes, I didn't really notice that there was no crowd, you know. So once you just dial into the game, I thought it was good. Yeah. And were you surprised by well, one, you know, the Jets misfortunes were pretty much directly connected to injuries. Um, you know, yeah. and a, and a lack of depth. You know, like they just didn't have the guys to to step in. You know, after losing yeah. Shifley, Line, Appleton, and that. You know, like what was what was your take on just maybe the Jets' quick quick exit like that? Like, were you you know were you sore or were you just kind of like ah it is what it is? Uh, no, there's no way you could be sore after that season, right? Like we Jets were a bubble team, and it was who knew if they were even going to make the playoffs legit. So uh, it was almost like the bubble was a blessing that gave them a chance. And then, uh, you know, going out with all those injuries, you kind of have that as an excuse to fall back on. It's like, ah, if we didn't have those injuries, it would have been different. Mm. And maybe it would have. Right. So I feel okay. I I feel like that's the the dignified way out. They gave us the excuse. We took it and we got a a chance at Lafreniere didn't pan yeah. out yeah got this perfetti kid maybe it'll be good you know what i find mind-blowing is this little stat is that um the jets actually of all the canadian teams last year mm-hmm. they allowed the fewest goals total like in against yeah which you think because like the the storyline all year was how decimated their defense was and everything like that obviously 
Vesna winner Connor Hallibuck had a little something to do with uh, that yeah. goal total. Uh, but <clears throat> but they, I think they in the last couple months of the season, from about like mid January on, they had only like there was something like 20 games or whatever and only maybe two to two or three of them or something they allowed three or more goals so they really yeah. tightened up and so it gives a little bit of hope going forward for this season because i think the defense is maybe a little bit more solid or whatever for for this coming season whenever that may be i don't yeah. know if it's more solid but at least they know who's going to be there <laughs> as opposed yeah. to last year when <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it yeah. seems the same to me. Like, they didn't do much mm. shuffling or they didn't really get much in the off season. But I kind of, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like, toward the end of the regular season before COVID uh, halted everything, they seemed to be trending in the right direction. Yeah. So, yeah, and then there was the long layoff. And uh, so who knows what happened against Calgary, but they looked terrible yeah. and their defense was not good. And, Hellebuck wasn't very good either, and they couldn't score any goals. They, uh, Adam Lowry was the uh, team's leading yeah. scorer in the bubble, so that's yeah. uh, that's how you know it's going good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. mentioning to, to Tom, I know on a on a po- previous episode that once the Jets were eliminated, for me, I would just I was just much I was able just to watch it as a hockey fan. And I don't know if that makes me a bad yeah. a, a bad Jets fan, like being kind of relieved that they were out because it's so stressful, like I find at times. So when they yeah. were gone, it was just like, sweet, I can just watch hockey and I don't mm. care if it's Florida versus New York or whoever. Like it was just nice to watch yeah. hockey for a while and like not have, you, you know, like not have, uh, you know, a horse in the race kind of thing. So it, to totally. me, to me, enjoy, I enjoyed hockey, especially because it was every night and there was multiple games. It just seemed like, you know, very similar to, you know, being at a tournament as a kid and like there's just hockey every single day and then like you're you're hanging out and you're watching hockey and that's like all you can do. So for me, yeah. that was my perspective. I kind of, you know, um, it, it, it sucked that obviously the Jets didn't go far, but at the same time, like you said, they were a bubble team. Um, anything else that they could have done, I think would have just been, I think just overachieving and it would have been very tough to go any further because also like those, some of those really good teams, like they're like, they're good. Like Vegas, Dallas, Tampa Islanders, you know, like you could just tell they were fully built. Well, you know, well, Tampa's just stacked. It's kind of ridiculous. And like uh, I was reading an article because they just signed Sergachev, the defenseman they have, just signed him to like a four-year deal, which puts them over the salary cap. But since it's you're since it's the off season, you're allowed to be over the cap. And um, basically, the article I was reading was like, okay, Tampa's in, you know, quote unquote. Uh, cap hell or whatever they're gonna have to do something to they're gonna have to move somebody out to get back to the cap and whoever they're gonna have to move out is gonna be somebody with a relatively significant contract i.e like an impact player of some sort yeah and so many teams would be like you know they would they would 
moving a guy out like that, whether it's like Alex Kalorn or whoever, it would like hurt the team so much. But you look at Tampa and you're like, it, it would be like water off a duck's back. They won't even notice. <laughs> yeah. They won't even yeah. notice. They're a stacked team. It's kind of ridiculous. That I think if hockey, I mean, I guess they're all saying it's going to get back going. It's just a matter of when. But, like, I mean, I don't see any reason why Tampa can't go back to back, you know? Exactly. Oof, yeah. yeah. No kidding. They did it all without Stamkos, too. That's true. Yeah. Right. Well, like, what, yeah. what were your thoughts on seeing Tampa win? Like, you know, I don't know, like, as if as a hockey purist, like, seeing a Southern American team win or like anything with you and anything like that for you or, or what were your, what was your take on them? Uh, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, they're all right. Uh, they got a lot of great players and, uh, I'm a Stamkos fan. Um, I mean, it would have been nice to see him actually contribute to that. I'm sure he feels kind of oh, yeah, that it. one shift <sighs> where he's <laughs> and then he scored a beauty goal. And then he was like, yeah. "Well, I'm done." <laughs> yeah, um, I was I I was sort of rooting for Dallas to to take it, but yeah. uh, as long as it's not Vegas, man. I oh god, I hate that team. <laughs> Same so here. Much. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was all right. It was it, to me. It was one of those sort of like um, neutral finals where may the best team win. I'm fine with it either way. Yeah, yeah I, I felt pretty much the same on that. Just just like watching it and like, yeah, hey, uh, enjoyable hockey. And I, at the end of the day, I didn't really care who won. To be honest, yeah. Well, yeah. it was definitely entertaining to watch Kucherov and Braden Point, like those two guys together, like. You could easily yeah. lose Stamkos next year and and be fine. Like not that he's going to go anywhere, like or unless he stays injured mm-hmm. or whatever. But it was just such entertaining hockey to watch. Like those guys are just so good that. Uh, yeah. And then with Hedman and Sergachev, plus they got Vasilevsky and Net. Like it was just a well put together team, and it just it's nice to watch really good hockey. So yeah, like, for me, yeah, that that was great. I like that Hedman won the um, Con Smythe. I always like it when a defenseman wins the Conn Smythe. Yeah, yeah. Al McKinnis style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big Al. Uh, what are, who are some other defensemen that won it? Um, Oof, I'm sure. Bob, I mean, obviously sure. Bobby yeah. Orr probably did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wonder, did Paul, Co- Paul Coffey ever win it for the Oilers ever, I wonder? I don't think so. No? No, I don't think so. No, I was so recently they showed a game on TV. It was the Oilers versus the Ducks, the year that the Oilers went to the finals and lost against Carolina. And Chris Pronger was on that team. And if they had a won, Chris Pronger absolutely would have won the 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 Con Smythe. He was like such a horse that year, and. Uh, yeah. And like led the team in scoring in the playoffs and everything, so he would have forgot but... that he was in Edmonton. Yeah, just the one season, they got him wow. in a trade, and then they had to trade him away. Apparently, the reason they had to trade him away was that his wife, somebody banged his wife or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There was that way. I don't know. There was something, something uh, non-hockey related. <laughs> I just I just got our intern on the on the phone here and okay. and another recent defenseman to win the Con Smythe was Duncan Keith in 2015. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Duncan. Wow, really? Winnipeg guy. Yeah. Very nice. 
So yeah, uh, yeah I, I just you know, the, so the the playoffs finished. You know, we quickly went into like as Winnipeg Jets fans, we quickly went into the phase of maybe we're gonna get the lottery pick. Like how yeah. how close did you follow that? And then like you know, you kind of alluded to it as far as you know what the Jets looks looks like now. Like, what are your thoughts on on what the Jets look like going into next season? Yeah, uh, I, I followed the draft lottery fairly closely. I guess as closely as you can follow a lottery. I thought it was uh, pretty cool the way they all had it set up, eh? Yeah. Like it was, it was a little bit cheesy. And then they had the guy with the silver suitcase, like handcuffed to his wrist. And he came out and it had ping pong balls in it. <laughs> I didn't see that. I, all I saw was the results. But yeah. I wish I saw that. Yeah, it was a pretty, uh, pretty big spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I, I was like, imagine we get Lafreniere. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, uh, like it's like when I buy a lottery ticket every like six years, and then I think I'm gonna win a million dollars. I was already spending Lafreniere, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, but obviously that didn't happen. But the guy that we got was he was ranked higher, and he sure. to ten. So I mean, that sounds good to me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, defense-wise, like I said, I think uh, they look the same as they did at the end of the season. But like I said, they're trending well, it seemed like, at the end of the season. So yeah, that could be all right. Stastny was huge. Stastny's a huge get. And I thought that that would have put to bed any of the line A trade uh, debate, you know, getting a guy that he clearly has – chemistry with in the center there between him and Ehlers yeah. would be unreal, but that just doesn't seem to be going away. It's a weird rumor that I don't really understand where it came from or why it's persisting. I guess his agent, but nobody, I don't feel, I feel like his agent hasn't said anything like on record. It's always reporters saying that his agent said, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's hard to say what's going on there, but but yeah, like getting Statsny, the top six now, you could do any number of combos with that top six, whether it's what worked a couple seasons ago, Statsny between line A and Ehlers, or maybe you yeah. try, you know, moving line A up with Shifley and Connor or something and put Wheeler down on yeah. the second line with Statsny uh, or or whatever. Like there's, there's no yeah. shortage of combos, I think. Um, last episode, Randy uh, said that Paul Maurice pretty much has it in stone that Shifley and Wheeler will be together. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like that's like a given that they're just together or? It seems like that. Like uh, they seem to have great chemistry and they seem to like really love playing with each other. I wouldn't be surprised if Shifley and Wheeler are also ch chiming in there behind mm. the scenes you know right um because i know when when wheeler signed his big contract shifley was the first guy you know tweeting publicly how much he loves him yeah so yeah it's tough right to break up guys with chemistry yeah unless you well no because shifley's a center so yeah what yeah. do you do there right line is kind of the odd and line a doesn't 
I don't. Yeah, I don't see him being the I the ideal other winger for Shifley and Wheeler. Like, um, I, f- I feel like, yeah, Connor with his speed, or you could put Ehlers there because yeah. he's got the wheels as well. And, yeah. and, and, but like line a, I think he's, it would be better if, if almost just him and Wheeler switch places in a way, but whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but I really like the Stastny Ehlers yeah. line a combination. Yeah, if they can if they can rekindle some of that uh some of that magic that they had yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got a I got a fortune cookie last night and inside <laughs> the fortune it said magic is real. And then the numbers <laughs> were 42069247. 24/7. I'm not even lying. <laughs> <laughs> nice shout out to cosmos uh cosmos space cantina or whatever it's called uh it's like this new takeout place it's pretty awesome i guess uh but it was really good but um they they don't have like a it's just like a kitchen space and they just do takeout and it, oh, wow. i guess it's the guy from deer and almond the chef from Deer and Almond or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. So Matt, are you have you followed any of the lead up to potentially <clears throat> this upcoming season of the NHL? Like uh I it's I for to me I find it's kind of difficult to follow because it just seems like um the owners and players are bickering about yeah. kind of CBA related stuff and it's yeah, yeah. anyways like to me, I don't know. It just seems like the the next season's so far away. Still, it doesn't feel like. Still, yeah. It does to me. It feels like that. Like, what do you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's weird. Like, um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I run a fantasy hockey league, so I got to know when the when the season starts, so we can do our draft lottery and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, they seem pretty far away from the start date like they had moved it from december 1st to january 1st that seems unrealistic at this point i heard last night i heard last night they said it's more likely to start between like january 15th like mid january and early february Mm -hmm. um because i think they had targeted a jan one start date but then yeah like that's just not happening right now and they would rather have training camp start after christmas yeah for sure because they don't want to basically bring people in quarantine do whatever you got to do and then like have christmas right in the middle of it yeah yeah that makes sense i would imagine i my suspicion is it's just it's going to be a shortened 48 game season lockout style uh because then maybe we could get back on schedule for next season october start But also, I can't imagine the players really wanting the season to be much longer than that if they're going to have to isolate and play in some sort of bubble. Yeah, Yeah. I just don't know what the logistics are there. It sounds like they don't want to do a bubble, um, but it looks like that there will probably almost definitely be a Canadian division because of our border being closed to the U.S. We don't want, you know... uh, them coming and going if as it were but like yeah. I, I i guess i don't know like I, I think the canadian division presents a pretty unique and fun 
situation. Like, like you say, like lockout style, 48 games, maybe they push it to 50 something or whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, like there's the potential that they could do what they're calling college style as well. So you like go to a city and you play like two, three games and then, you know, you go to the next city, you play two, three games kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of like baseball too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah why do they call serious. it college style? It's baseball style. Well, that's how college hockey is too. They they go somewhere for the weekend and they play their Friday and Saturday game and then they move on or whatever. But yeah. um Matt, if 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 there is a a Canadian division, how how would you see that division like uh who do you think would win that the Canadian division or who would be the top team? Uh I'd have to say the Leafs. The Leafs look they looked good all year last year. They look good. Um, yeah, I'd have to go with them. The Habs might do make some noise. Um, I like Vancouver. That'd probably be top three, I think. Cool. Yeah, yeah I, I was basically yeah. saying I think Toronto, Edmonton will probably be up near the top. I think Calgary, Vancouver, Winnipeg will will kind of bat and Montreal will battle for like the middle spots and I, okay. I think I think Ottawa will probably still finish in last because I think they're they're on their way but um you know like adding Matt Murray and then getting those you know high picks like I still think they're still a couple seasons away but I kind of feel that you know that the middle is going to be quite clogged with like Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Montreal. Yeah. I, I just I, I do see Toronto being the best team, but hopefully I'm wrong. But um, I, that's kind of how uh, yeah. I see it playing out. Uh, I'm intrigued by the guy that Ottawa got, Stutzel, Tim Stutzel. He's German. Uh, Still so... naming guys Tim over in Germany. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. Weird. <laughs> but I I like to call. Um, Leon Dreisaitl, the Deutschland dangler. <laughs> and it worries me that Stutzel might have, because all the reports are that he's very nifty with the puck. He might be more uh, of a dangler than than the guy I think is the Deutschland dangler. <laughs> he's like, what if we got a new one? Check, check this out, Tommy. Oh, you got a Deutschland dangler Tim's card there. I got I got two of them, so one's yours. <laughs> oh, oh, buddy, I'm gonna pin that on my office wall here. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I gotta nice. get on those cards. What's that? Man, I threw. I gotta get on those cards. Start oh, yeah. collecting those. I don't know if uh, maybe we talked about this last time I was on, but uh, a little while ago I was moving and uh, I was just jettisoning so much stuff, and I found uh, binders of old hockey cards. I just threw them away. Yeah, that's. I uh, regret it. Yeah, well, speaking of hockey cards, so I've got just right over there, because uh, we were so. I've got a baby on the way, and um, congratulations, man! Well, thank you. And so, setting up the baby room, I had to clean out all my old hockey cards and stuff. So I'm... <laughs> they were in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> Safekeeping. I'm trying to find a, a new night. place for them, and uh, so I got them just straight over there. But yeah. bef- before the show, I was going through my cards here, and I've got a I've got a handful in here. And a fun little game that I think we'll play. I don't know if we want to play this right yet. Like we might put it 
on hold for a few minutes, but I've got, they're all like 1991, 93 kind of era, um, upper deck pro set score. Uh, so they're, and they're all these cards that I've, I picked out, they're all prospects. They're not, they're like pre rookie cards. So some of them are hits and some are misses. So I think we'll just kind of go over that and, uh, see. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, yes. Yeah, do you want to throw? Sorry. Do you want to throw to the very first song here, and then right, yeah. and then we forgot a couple of things. Number one, we forgot about what episode number this is and who it's yeah. named after, and we also forgot. A, we also forgot about our our beers of the week here. So it's true. You... Let let's let we'll let, let Matt kind of throw to the song that he's got selected. We'll take we'll a break back. and then we'll come yeah. back with all that stuff in a bit more. So Matt, okay. what, Matt, what song did you want to uh, throw on the episode here? Oh yeah, uh, this is uh, "Elegy for Gump Worsley" by the Weaker Thans. Thanas. fathers, not a goalie, player, athlete, period. Smoke, half ash, stuck in that permanent smirk. Tugging jersey around the beer gut, I'm strictly a whiskey man, was one of the sticks he taped up and gave to a nation of pudgy boys in beverage rooms. Favorites from Plimpton's list of objects thrown by Rangers fans. Soup cans. Persimmon. Eggs. A folding chair and a dead rabbit. The nervous breakdown of 68-69. After pant crap flights from LA, the expansion. The shrink told me to change occupations. I had to forget it. That was the Weaker Thans with LG for Gump Worsley. That song is, of course, available on our official Talking Hockey uh, playlist, which you can get by clicking the link in our Instagram. So our Instagram's at Talking Hockey Podcast. Excuse me. And uh, that burp you just heard was from my <laughs> my beer of the week, my local craft beer of the week. 
Now, controversially local, I know, I know, it's Lake of the Woods Brewery based in Kenora, but they do have a brewery here in Winnipeg now, uh, downtown, which I haven't been because it opened right as the pandemic started, it seems like. And uh, I've been downtown like all of two times since then, pretty much. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But I've got the, uh, it's called the Nautical Disaster, the Dry Hopped IPA. Uh. And I got to say, it's a beauty. It's pretty much my favorite. Um, it's a strong IPA, It's but as it's dry hopped, it's not overpoweringly hoppy or anything. But you do get real nice, like, citra hops coming in there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a real crisp, tasty beer. And that's really all I've got to say about that. Well, that that is uh, a full on legit beer review there, and uh, that that comes with experience clearly. Yeah. Um. So my beer of the week comes from actually the Beer Boutique, which is a, a beer store over on the east part of Winnipeg on Regent, not too that far. Might as well be Kenora. Pretty much, yeah. I think Kenora is actually closer. <laughs> so. The, uh, beer Boutique actually collaborated with Vessel Beer, which is made at um, Nonsuch, and they made a beer called Local Motive. And the manager over there at Beer Boutique is a good friend of mine, Steve Nelson. And I'm just going to throw, uh, he's got a little clip here about the beer that we'll, I'll throw to you right now. Hey, thanks, guys. This is Steve Nelson from the Beer Boutique at 910 Region Avenue. And indeed, you're enjoying the Transcona Proud Locomotive Pale Ale, which is brewed by Vessel Brewing uh, out of Nonsuch Brewing, which is, uh, you may be familiar with that brand, but uh, Vessel's a bit of a sister company from them. Uh, nonetheless, the beer is 6.1%. It has 25 IBU. It's real easy drinking beer. It has a bit of a melon aftertaste to it. And, but it's available exclusively in 32-ounce howlers and 64-ounce growler jugs here at the Beer Boutique at 910 Region Avenue. So uh, come down, get yourself a jug, a branded jug, and you'll only pay for the fill following every visit. So it's a great deal. And uh, just to be completely clear, we are providing a fresh jug with every fill. So even though you're purchasing a jug, if you bring it back in the store, you're getting a fresh jug every time with a fresh fill, just to make sure everyone's 100% safe during these definitely uh, challenging times. Nonetheless, we appreciate the support and uh, back to talking hockey. Come down to the beer boutique. All right, so that that was Steve-O with the little re rundown on locomotive, and actually Matt, he gave me a little, told me a quick little story that apparently you went to Boy Scouts with Steve Nelson. Do you remember that at all? <laughs> He's got me confused with someone else. Oh, maybe okay, another maybe. There's a Matt Nightingale out there. Uh, if there is, I have someone to kill. <laughs> I just said that uh, Matt. I, never, I, I never told him that. Boy Scouts. Oh, okay. Then it must be somebody else. I said that Matt's on. Matt's on the show tonight. He's like, no way. I went to Boy Scouts with him. <laughs> but what? there's clearly uh, another Matt Nightingale out there that I bet uh, you. I bet you he's wearing a Melville Millionaires T-shirt right now. Uh, <laughs> Yorkin's biggest rivals. Uh, sorry to cut the legs out from under your story. All good. No. <laughs> Uh, there must be somebody else out there with with else. the same the same name, uh, or maybe one of my maybe one of my cousins or something. Yeah. So yeah, that is the beer of the week uh, for Tommy and for me. And uh, quick quick little uh, KHL roundup here, Tommy. I saw this yeah. this um, um, you know I'm I'm a regular follower of the KHL now because there's not much else to do. 
Um, we need a theme song for this segment because this is now the third time we've checked in with Comrade Frickus, our KHL correspondent. <laughs> I'll have to find some sort of uh, Russian, two Ks, like a Russian uh, a punk song or something. Like what was that or Russian does... group of of women? They were like that punk band and they were like messing around. Oh yeah. Oh, was it Pussy Riot or? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, uh, yeah. Maybe okay, I'll find well, we'll one get of a their Pussy songs. Pussy Riot yeah. little clip. Yeah. For the yeah, there we go. So, okay. anyways, um, Boom. I'm, Magic of Radio. Yeah. Here we go. KHL correspondent. I, I'm I'm following the KHL here on a daily basis, and apparently, and I've I've kind of adopted uh, uh, Dinamo Minsk as my home team. One, okay, because they're in Belarus, and and two. They got pretty sweet jerseys, and three, they're not like a great team, but they. It seems like they're on like the up and up, you know. Like they're kind of like, you've got your classic Russian teams over there that are always at the top of the league, but th- these guys just really seem like they're uh, kind of you know, uh, maybe like an underdog or or like a you know, um, you know, kind of a, a sleeper pick kind of thing. So yeah. the 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 man of the week man of the week this week for on the khl website is a guy named brandon cozen and he's he's uh he played on team canada the year that they didn't have um like pros for the olympics yeah uh i was gonna say that's a familiar name sorry matt in 2018 that 2018 yeah so he he basically you know he had a cup of coffee in the nhl uh and then he played a lot of ahl um, but basically, I guess maybe five, five, six years ago, five years ago, he went over to the KHL and it seems like he's really like, you know, found his game over there and, uh, he's scored 14 goals in the first 23 games of the season. So he's literally, he's, you know, like a, a reoccurring theme so far on, on talking hockey. Those are Dimitri Jaskin numbers. Exactly. And he's, he's putting up Cy Young numbers here. Like when his goals are way higher than his assists kind of thing. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Brandon Kozin, man of the week for Dinamo Minsk. He's, Do, he's where's Kozin from? What town is he from? Well, apparently he was born in the States, but he's Canadian Hmm. One of the, yeah, born in LA, but he's a Canadian citizen. Also, uh, he's only five eight. Uh, he's a smaller player, five eight, like one seventy. So I think maybe that's a reason why he never really made it too far in the NHL. But you see yeah. a lot, like Nigel Dawes is like leading the league almost every year in the KHL. Someone who, you know, I think his last kind of decent season in the NHL was like ten years ago. But he's constantly winning the scoring championship, scoring championship over there. So it's just oh. kind of neat to see that Brandon Cozen is. Uh, I was I kept trying to think about where did I hear this guy's name from before, and it's like I, think, I, yeah. I looked at his hockey DB and it's like why would I know this guy? And then I like I looked on his Wikipedia and yeah he played on Team Canada. So he's oh, that's cool. Uh, uh, fourteen goals in twenty three games, like that's insane. Brandon Cozen. That's a that's great. Where uh, where do you are you watching KHL? Oh well, I I got that uh, DAZN. Yeah, thing. I got that. That's on there. Yeah, so if you find if you click on hockey on there, KHL games yeah. will show up. There's like one a week. So are, like, are you a big NFL fan, or is that why you have it, or what? Uh, that's that's why I have it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like, if you watch a lot of NFL, it's definitely worth it. 
for me, I only watch KHL, so I'm probably going to get rid of it because I don't watch NFL. But oh. otherwise, I just kind of watch clips on online, whatever I can find and stuff like that. But there, are, there is like a, one live game per week, pretty much on there, and it's just kind of good to watch, like just some live hockey. They're not playing in front of fans yeah. over there either, and um, but you know, it's it's you know, you recognize like a few guys from every team, some guys that used to be in the NHL and that kind of thing. So it, it just yeah. kind of nice. Contos. <laughs> and like uh well uh Burmistroff is over there and like i said nigel oh, yeah. dawes and brendan leipzig you know like guys like that yeah. and then our our new uh adopted favorite dimitri jaskin who's like the goal scoring leader that we want the jets to sign but um yeah just it's there's some cool storylines going on over there and uh okay it's the same kind of thing like watching hockey without a you know, like a horse in the race. It's just kind of fun to watch the hockey. And I, I find too, KHL, like, I don't know if there's like a, I, I don't know, to me as a, as someone watching it, I feel like there's not like a, a great amount of respect among the players. Like I feel that there's some dirty stuff going on that like they do that because <laughs> they could care less who the other guy is. Whereas like, I think there's more of a respect among their peers in the NHL where it's like, you wouldn't take that extra little step on the guy and run him if he's already cleared the puck right. or whatever. Like there's those times that that happens, but I feel that the yeah. KHL, there's more, more like sticking out the leg to try and clip the guy or those kinds of plays. Oh, <laughs> yeah. really? It's like, it's, yeah, kind that's of, interesting. it's kind of like the late night beer league game, you know, where everyone's a little like cranky from being tired and maybe having a yeah. beer or two. Like there's some chippiness, which is kind of interesting to see because, you know, aside from maybe playoff hockey, you don't really see that in the NHL that much. Like it's, mm. it's clean and fast. There's not a lot of time, extra time to, yeah. to, uh, to dedicate to like the chippiness or that kind of, uh, you know, that part of the game. But I, I feel like, you know, in this one game I watched a few, a few weeks ago, Alexei Emelin got run into the boards from behind, like eight seconds into the game, like clearly concussed, went to the dressing room. He came back, like, I don't know, halfway through the first and then he ran somebody and then <laughs> he was kicked out of the game because it was like a blatant headshot and then the other guy was injured it just like it's kind of bizarre but cool at the uh, same those time. are russian rules bud yeah. um yeah milan lucic would do well over there with his uh between the leg spearing plays that he exactly. perfected when he was a boston bruin they have a stat I just for give that, you a actually. quick little uh little something else about brandon kozun he's hometowns calgary alberta and he also played on the 2010 uh, Team Canada junior team. So that's another place you may have heard his name. And uh, he was drafted by the LA Kings uh, in the sixth round, 179th overall. So little Brandon Kozun. Nice. Kozun? 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 Whatever. Brandon Kozun? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just You can follow him on Instagram, Kozun15. I, I saw the KHL post that on their Twitter this week, and I'm like, why do I know that name? He's the man of the week, yeah. but where else do I those know him Dynamo, from? Those Dynamo Minsk jerseys are pretty deadly, hey? I do like those jerseys. Yeah, they're awesome. But, like, the whole, like... the whole league is full of good jerseys. There's some, like, ones that, like, look like the jerseys that your hometown had, like, a long time ago that, you know, their the logos are questionable, but... Um, there's some really solid designs and colors like in, in the KHL that, you know, it's, it just, it's, it, it's like a brand new league, you know? So it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. 
I like it. So there you Sorry, go. Just, K- just H- caught H- up in Brandon Kozun's Instagram page here, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Adam, see if he follows the show. <laughs> so there you go. Maybe he will after we give him a shout out here. So yeah, you uh, you were uh, alluding to earlier, Tommy. You've got some hockey cards there. Oh, some, I do. Some classic do. cards. So these, yeah, so these are some classic cards I'll share with you guys here. Um, I'll snap some pics of them, share them on the show's Instagram. But basically, I've got a handful of <clears throat> prospect cards. So a couple upper decks that I'll I'll go with first, and I'll go in the order of um. So like I've got five prospects here, and I'll go from like in the order of like. I think it was a swing and a miss to give these guys a card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to to like eh, yeah, this guy definitely is. They they hit that one. Yeah. So the first one I'll share with you is this one here. His name's Chris Taylor. Oh, I remember this... that card. <laughs> I, I love this card because of the look at his hair under the helmet. Well, his helmet yeah. looks way too big for him, or something. It's I don't know, or <laughs> too small. It's like sitting on top or whatever. It's just like they caught him off guard when they took the picture. Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like here. But... Chris, quickly throw all this stuff on. We got a hockey card to shoot. <laughs> yeah. So Chris Taylor, he had quite a hockey career, actually. But, uh, you know, he was drafted, what, uh, second overall, or sorry, 27th overall, second round, by the New York Islanders. And he was highly touted. Um, you know, he finished, he played for the London Knights, um, finished second in league scoring next to eric lindros and uh, you know he was he was highly touted and it says here taylor is giving a good shot at being on the islanders opening day roster i don't know if he ever made it to the opening day roster but um he did play no he didn't play on the opening day roster because uh, on his hockey D- db his first nhl game came in 94 95 a couple years after he was drafted uh, with the Islanders. Anyway, he he only ever played 149 NHL games, but he played a lot of AHL games, and he played a little while in Germany as well. But, yeah, he was mostly, I would say, uh, an AHL player. But uh, so here's the second card. Yeah, so that was Chris Taylor, number 60 of the New York Islanders. <laughs> Great number, number 60. Screams oh. legend. But but he can also say that he finished second to Eric Lindros in the OHL scoring. Abs- That's absolutely. Good. That's legit. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, maybe I should have went with this guy before Chris Taylor, but whatever. This is just the way, the way she goes. This guy was a higher draft pick. This guy was drafted 15th overall, and that's... Mark Gregg, <laughs> drafted by the Whalers in the 1990 entry draft. Um, he was a prolific scorer in the WHL with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Uh, and then he went on to a illustrious, again, another guy who played hockey for a very long time professionally, but only 125 of those games were in the NHL. And then he played mostly IHL, AHL, and then over there in Germany in the DEL, he may have played against Chris Taylor in the DEL because they were. I I would most likely say so because they were they were um, same age basically these guys, 
Um, but yeah, Hartford Whalers. I love a good classic Whaler jersey card. Oh God. That's great. Yeah. And, great uh, logo, great jersey, great yeah. colors. Yeah. It's a shame about the Whalers. Love to see them back, but what are you going to do? That, yeah, Mark Gregg, drafted 15th overall in 1990. Just a guy who, uh, for whatever reason, did not quite make the cut. Well, he made the cut, but only 125 games. And I say only. I've never played a game in the NHL, boys. <laughs> yeah, so. that's more than a season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so. also, um, like even going back to Chris Taylor, he played 15 years of professional hockey. So, yeah. you know, maybe Upper Deck had higher hopes for him, but he still <laughs> he still had a pretty good career. Exactly. Well, and and young young Tom here had high hopes for this guy too cuz I put him in a plastic sleeve. Oh. <laughs> 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 these cards these these are cards that were in plastic. I have going through my cards I'm like I got some weird choices. I'll tell you that much. Uh Where's Oh, oh man. Sorry. Yeah, I got one more for you. That's a weird choice too. I'll do this before the next one because the next guy. No, no. All right. I'm getting, I'm putting the cart before the horse. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So the next one I've got here is San Jose Sharks goaltender Archer Zerbe. Oh, yeah. Platinum prospect. And that's the classic the, jersey with the 75 on it. Yeah. And that weird Urbe helmet. What is going on with that helmet? I always wondered that. I'm like, do they not have normal goalie helmets in Europe? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I mean they were big on Jofa over there and wow. Urbe he was um, he's from Latvia and you know he had a pretty sweet NHL career really like he was he was a good goalie he played 568 games in the NHL mostly yeah. for San Jose and Carolina basically the, he the played a couple who upset the Detroit Red Wings in the playoffs all the time. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So like he he uh he had some glory. Never never like made it to the sort of top, but I think he played mostly for not great teams, but you know, they a couple of his a couple times they made the playoffs and stuff for sure. And I remember he could do the splits. And, yeah, uh, yeah, he was a big he splits break guy. That out every every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so, pro set platinum there. Those were sweet cards. I think they cost a couple extra pennies than the the normal pro sets for right. sure. They had an extra gloss on them. They were to compete with the upper decks, and yes. so the, the they nailed it with that prospect card there. They knew they knew Archer Zerbe was gonna be the real deal all right so next up we got this is a chl card i don't know where i got this but playing for the portland winterhawks so i thought it was a chicago blackhawks jersey steve oh. Connawalchuk. nice look Con at those hockey sticks too that's awesome yeah, top prospect right there uh yeah Connawalchuk. he was uh the leading rookie scorer in the whl selected by washington 58th overall Big time scorer, regarded by Portland coach Ken Hodge as a Dave Poulin type forward. So that's high praise, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so he's but, now a TSN color commentator too, or what? Connor Walchuk? Yeah. Is he really? No, what? That's where Poulin is. <laughs> oh, Poulin. Yeah, I guess he is, isn't he? Yeah. And Dave Hodge, isn't he like a TV guy too? Yeah. Yeah, the classic. Yeah, he used to be on the uh, That's Hockey. 
with Dave Hodge. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So Connor Walchuk, he had a good NHL career, played 790 games, you know, scored 171 goals, kind of uh, found his groove as a sort of bottom. I don't know. Like, I, I remember him, you know, being a solid guy for the Capitals, played for the Caps pretty much his whole career, ended it off with Colorado. I don't know that he won a cup with them, though. What year did Colorado win the cup? 96, no, yeah, 01 or something like that. Yeah, no. Yeah. So he came to Colorado just after that. But, uh, yeah, Steve Conowalczyk, pretty sweet card. And so I guess um, I don't even know what kind of brand this card is. Classic. Uh, a subsidiary of Score. Okay. So that's their CHL series. Anyway, nice. they nailed it with they nailed it with Connor Walchuk, I'll tell yeah. you. So the next prospect here, they definitely nailed this guy. This is Dominic Hashik, the Dominator. Oh boy! Again, uh, yeah, playing with that European style goalie helmet. Not a Jofa though. Uh, what is that? That's that's a, that's a Cooper, isn't it? That's a Cooper, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, but a weird sort of the same same mask as Archer Zerbe, maybe, but just different helmet but yeah so he was a chicago uh blackhawks uh prospect there from the czechoslovakia uh so he's from yeah i think he's from prague czech republic and uh obviously when this card came out in 1992 it was still known as czechoslovakia i guess (laughs) so um he was still known as belfort's backup yeah. yeah yeah, That's so this nuts, is yeah before eh? obviously like as a prospect before he decided to cut his own teeth in the NHL and uh, again, like he had a Hall of Fame career, 735 games in the NHL. Um, just a legend, a 922 save percentage for his career. like that's, that's amazing, good. especially pretty for, good, for eh? back then. Yeah, yeah. And so he really only played two seasons for Chicago. 25 games over the course of two seasons. So yeah, he was basically Eddie's belt, Eddie's backup. And then uh, they traded. So Chicago traded Hashik to Buffalo for Stefan Beauregard. Oh man. Future considerations. Oh, Former so, Winnipeg Jet. <laughs> so bit of a, I would have to say Chicago lost that trade. Yeah. Bit of a whoopsie <laughs> there on that one. Yeah. Um, but Steph, yeah, so what then, are you gonna do? You got Belfort, like yeah. you're not getting. Yeah, him. he was yeah. he was tops at that time, for sure, absolutely, yeah. Eddie the Eagle, there was no, mm. uh, he was definitely top goaltender in the league for many years there, and and then Hashik just kind of uh, once he went to Buffalo, he really became a bit of a legend in his own right there, and then then he went on to play for Detroit. Except for one season in Ottawa, remember that one season in that's, Ottawa he played. That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it took yeah. them to the to the uh, Stanley Cup final, I think. I'm pretty sure that that's was the year lot. that they went to the final. Like in the mid 2000s, there. Oh six. Oh six, yeah. It was on his hockey DB yeah. here. It says, "Yeah, Ottawa Senators, oh five, oh six. That was uh, no, no. Oh six was the year Edmonton went to the final. I'm pretty sure." Well, again, that's one for the intern to figure yeah. out. Not we'll, my we'll, problem. We'll get that. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it in post. Um, okay. Actually, one thing you alluded to there, though, was Colorado and their Stanley Cups. 
and we mm-hmm. just kind of had uh well not we like i guess who whoever we is collective we was the anniversary of of the the famous patrick Waugh. was it the trade or was it the moment the trade the was trade. yesterday yeah it was yesterday okay so and what a terrible trade that was too you yeah, talk so, about Hashek for Beauregard. Well, the Patrick Waugh one was probably even worse. But what did they get? Well, it was Patrick Waugh and Mike Keane, right? Yeah. Went to Colorado. Yeah. They went to Colorado. Martin Ruchinski, he came back. Uh, who was the goalie they got? They did get a goalie. Jocelyn Tebow. Uh, was it Tebow? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then yes. it was and, Kovalenko yeah. or someone like that? Some, yeah, another guy that... Whatever. Like Ruchinski wasn't bad. He was he was all right, but yeah. like def- definitely not like a a fair trader. <laughs> like like if you're trading Patrick Waugh and Mike Keane, you should probably get Joe Sackick or yeah. Forsberg back or something, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. do you guys remember that moment? Like like not that maybe you weren't watching the game live on TV, but do you remember seeing that when he got what did he get like let in like nine goals or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wild. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what like he. It was like the coach just left him in for the for yeah. all that, right? And like, I think a legit yeah. coach, like I think after five or six, you got to pull your goalie. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But apparently, so their coach was uh, the coach was uh, uh, Tremblay, Mario Tremblay, or something uh, like that. I, I, I think that's right. And basically, he was the brand new coach, so. At the start of the season, Montreal started slow. I just I just learned this yesterday, or or relearned it, whatever. Montreal started slow. They fired the GM and the coach. The GM was Serge Savard. The coach was um, Demers, right? The yeah. guy that they won the cup with, right? So they fired those guys. They brought in Rajon Ool for the GM, who did not have any hockey general manager experience <laughs> and they brought in Tremblay or whatever his name is to be the coach who he was a TV guy before he was not a he was an ex-player and then he was on like you know RDS or whatever and then <laughs> yeah. uh, now he's the coach of the Habs and him and Patrick Waugh apparently did not get along and apparently in practice Tremblay I hope it's Trombley because I keep saying it, <laughs> but the coach, he rifled a puck at Waugh's throat and Waugh didn't like it very much. I mean, it was probably not intentionally at his throat, but, you know, rifled a puck uh, at his at his star goaltender's head, basically, in practice, and Waugh didn't like it. And, and from that moment on, they were just like, they hated each other. And so then... After that Detroit game, or, or sorry, after he got pulled from that Detroit game, finally after nine goals, walks, you know, on the bench, puts his gear down, walks right past the coach, like just like right in front of him, and then like yeah. in the old days, there's no, yeah. there's no plexiglass, like the fans in the forum are right there on the bench, and the president yeah. is in there, and he's like, well, I was like, I'm. So that the coach could hear him, he's right there, and he's like, uh, he's like, I'm not playing for this team ever again, kind of thing. Well, no, didn't he say, yeah. tra- trade me right fucking now or something like that? Something like that, yeah. yeah whatever he said, for sure, yeah. right? So, no, it, wow. trade me right fucking now. That's from Slapshot, isn't it? <laughs> is it? I don't know. I just is remember that the goalie some... from Slapshot. He's like on the phone. He's like 
trade me right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was yeah. quoting Slapshot in that moment too. That'd be great. Yeah, I would like to think so. <laughs> so, Matt, right, I got you one know more. That uh, Jacques Demers, the previous coach, was illiterate yeah. when they won the cup in 93. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't I remember that hearing that. Like, yeah. That's wild. Like, I mean, um, like, I wonder, like, how did he, I guess he would have maybe just had his assistant coaches right up the lines or whatever, like on the chalkboard and stuff, you know, like, I think so. Work, yeah. I I'm sure he, he just had his ways. It's like, oh, you yeah. know, I can't, I got to go do this thing. Can you write up the plays or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. he had all those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. But I remember yeah, that coming wild. out and being like, that's wild. Like how, yeah. how is that even possible? But he's got yeah. a ring. <laughs> He's got a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Can't yeah. Argue. And I guess he did learn to read. So after? Yeah, afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Why would why? You're 70, you learn to read now? <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Come on. <laughs> Stanley Cup champion. Now you're gonna tackle the alphabet? Well, well <laughs> just to just part. to read his name on the cup, maybe. Well, that's probably all it was. He's like, uh, oh yeah, go I'm good now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Absolutely. being being all nostalgic here, um, I think I, I don't know if it was two episodes ago or one ago, but we were talking about the reverse retro jerseys. Matt, uh, um, yeah. did, did you did you uh, you know follow along with with all those reveals and stuff like that? We yeah, we picked our favorites, up. and I, I think for me, I picked Pittsburgh one because I liked I like that classic look of the words in a diagonal down the jersey. I think yeah, that's always yeah. pretty classic. And then I also picked the LA Kings because I thought it was a good combination between the Gretzky Kings and then also using the the purple and the, and the yellow. Um, right. Yeah. But what, what what were your thoughts on on the on the New Jersey? Uh, my my favorite, the one that stood out to me was New Jersey. Mm. I really liked the green with the. It was green with red shoulders, if I remember. Correctly. Yeah, it's kind of like that eighties like style Devils. The, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I like that one too. I I, I was partial per, uh, personally to the to the uh, Whalers, the Carolina one. I thought those were pretty cool. So it was like mm. the instead of the classic green Hartford Whalers, it was um, it was a gray one, which they kind of I think they feel, I feel like they might have had for like one season or something like that, or or there was gray in their uniforms kind of in the early 90s they oh, switched yeah. from the green to a sort of like a navy a blue silver and, and then there was blue, yeah, yeah like a silvery gray type thing Jeff going Sanderson on years yeah, totally. yeah so i know that like we well me personally i think maybe tom was on the train too a little bit but completely ripped the jets jerseys but um looking back on it now like i think i was just so eager to see the 90 the 90s logo Right. Like that's yeah. that's what I really wanted to see, but now like now that I've kind of cooled off a bit, like now I see the Jets jerseys and I don't mind them that much. Like it's like it's not bad. Like it it could have been a lot worse, but you know I was <laughs> I was dying to see that '90s logo, and then now just I saw like an advertisement for those gray jerseys now, and it's like oh that's kind of neat, like gray and yeah. like they did a cool little effect where they did like a. Uh, a Dale Howarchuk clip and then they like did like the negative mm. uh, like look to it like you know like that negative photo effect and then that's kind of what yeah. it looked like so I was like ah oh, cool oh, yeah. like I get it you know it's not yeah. you know it's kind of... sorry yeah it's weird it's weird how the 90s 
logo just doesn't seem to factor into any of these heritage jerseys. Like it's always the eighties logo, right? Or am I wrong here? Am I missing the nineties? Well, they've had, so they've had the heritage white and the heritage blue, which are essentially the same logo, right? Right. Yeah. It's pretty much just reversed. Yeah. And I believe that's the eighties one. Yes. Yeah. It's also like a bit of a combination between um, that. And then also like the, the very last WHA Jersey that they had, like it's the stripes from, from the WHA Jersey, but the logo from the Jets Jersey kind of thing. Right. And then, and then those aviator jerseys or whatever you want to call those ones, like the light blue ones, those Mm. have the stripes from the nineties jerseys, but yes, they have failed to bring back that nineties logo, which I think, Ah. you know, people our age, like that's the logo that we are really into, I think, because like, you know, we would have been like teenagers or, you know, approaching our teenage years in in the nineties kind of thing. Like for me, like, I did watch the Jets in the 80s, but those were my classic years with, you know, T. Mussolini and Kachuk and Jamnoff and Phil Housley and Ty Domi and Bob Essenza and all that stuff, right? So to me, oh, like, th- yeah. unless they're waiting, unlike, unless they've got like a big thing planned, you know, in a year or two or whatever, where they're going to bring back those jerseys or that look. But for now, like, that's what I'm waiting for. And I thought like this would have yeah. been the perfect opportunity, but... Anyways, I, like I just said, like I was kind of um, disappointed with it, but I was disappointed thinking that that was going to be the '90s logo already. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, have you asked Santa for a new sweater yet? Or well, you know, I don't know. I, I maybe I might might uh, ask for a Dinamo Minsk jersey instead. Because we'll <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want a jersey for a team that that's not playing hockey. I need I need to I need to rep a team that's actually on the ice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I think they're 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 pretty sharp. I don't mind them. Uh, it's just I think they're a little bit like underwhelming at first and then it's uh, and then you like because of the sort of gray color and then you uh, but but the longer you look at it you're like oh that's not too bad at all um but i think it's probably like it's like airplane gray probably it's kind of winnipeg's official color gray yeah you know you look at the skyline it's gray (laughs) 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 on a gray day or whatever an overcast day what color are we going to paint this building? Gray. Yeah. <laughs> Winnipeg gray. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. You go to uh, Canadian Tire to get the paint mixed, and it's like the, its own. Do you have anything in a Winnipeg gray? Yeah, perfect, right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which one sure. stood out to me as, as being crappy, but now that I look at it, I kind of like it, is the Leafs jersey. Right. My first impressions of that were not good, but I've looked at it again and been like, actually, not too bad. I really it's, like the font. It's a decent retro look. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Well, how about the Montreal one, like the blue one? Mm, yeah. That's okay. Ah, it's just Montreal is red to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I think agree. I like the yeah. Leafs. Blue one. is the Leafs. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. true, eh? Like you're wearing the color of your rivals pretty much. Mm. Yeah, I would have preferred to see them stay something red. To me, the ones that I think a lot of people really like, um, or at least judging by you know social media, people really like the Vancouver, the Phoenix, you know those ones. And to me, it's just like 
I find those to be the ugliest, but uh, I don't know. I guess I'm yeah, I'm not the target demographic for those ones for sure. Like I don't know. Uh, I can't get into the Phoenix one. <laughs> well, that the, the... logo was the worst thing. I know. <laughs> that, that, the whole jersey was awful. The Phoenix one, you mean? Yeah, the yeah. original Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. Well, for me, like, and those were painful years too. It's like. They, yeah. they, these were our jets and then all of a sudden they're now down in another city and those are their That's jerseys right. like what is that like it yeah. just seemed like a clown show you know like and they got jeremy roenick in that yeah. thing and like it's <laughs> yeah. wild oh yeah. man so actually in yeah. one other piece of jets news and, and I, I don't know if you were following this too closely or not matt but with uh dave lowry now coming in so basically, Adam Lowry's yeah. dad, dad is now oh, yeah. one of the coaches. Well, you know, um, I don't know. Like, say for me, what what that hopefully will bring is maybe because I know that on previous teams he was like the power play coach and he was, um, I think, special teams and stuff like that. And maybe maybe just a new voice in the room, which may be something that the Jets need. Because without going into a big long thing here. Um, it just seems like the you know when the jets when paul maurice first came in he like it was like that new voice going yeah. from from claude, claude noel to paul maurice and like all of a sudden they were just re-energized and it seemed like even though it was the same players it was like yeah uh, all of a sudden they were playing new new hockey new exciting hockey um yeah, yeah. you know it to me 2018 seems like it's so long ago like that that year of the jets the, the Jets could have been down 4-1 in the second and you still would have known that they were going to come back and win like that whole season. Yeah. It just like the way yes. that they were just so fired up, it just seemed so invigorating knowing like this It team, was electric. It, it was it was just wild. And it just seems like all that is gone. Like yeah. for like I I just like I don't see some magical just transformation in the off season all of a sudden. And it's like, Oh, like we're going to have those jets back from 2018 and sure the lineup's yeah. different and stuff, but the motivation just seems a little bit, um, just not the same. So maybe there, maybe like, you know, aside from a full on coaching overhaul, like maybe a new voice or a new, someone new in the room like that could, could ignite something or like, cause the jets power play used to be their bread and butter. And then it just right. kind of, it just kind of fizzled, you know? So yeah. well, like, what do you think as far as like, um, you know, going to the next season, um, some new blood, some new coaches, some new players. Do you think like, what, just what, do you, what are your thoughts on, on, on the team? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that'll definitely inject some energy. Right. And that's exactly where they needed is the power play. But yeah, that was our bread and butter for uh, so long and just petered out it was brutal i only had something like eight power play goals last year if that's the, you know what i mean like what's up yeah, with that like that is crazy uh yeah and that's definitely where they needed to to switch up the coaching then i guess so yeah i, I hope that you're right and i uh, think that you'll be right there that he's gonna just inject more energy into the locker room um yeah, and hopefully we see that power play turn around. His line eight, eight goals, yeah, that's that's not acceptable. No. So he used to score a hat trick on the power play every game. Yeah. 
So like Dave Lowry was coaching in LA for a couple seasons. Most recently with uh, Brandon Wheat Kings last year, he was coaching them, which I didn't know actually. So, yeah. So, Uh um, but I think that, yeah, he'll, um, he will uh, be a good influence for the special teams and just for the team in general. What do you think though? Like, do you think there's going to be any sort of like, father son issues did you did you ever have uh did you ever have your dad coach you in hockey when you were a kid no my dad routinely forgot to pick me up at practice after and i'd have to call it'd be like three hours after practice i'd be the only one at the rink they're closing up you gotta get out of here kid (laughs) the guy shoveling the (laughs) no there is no we do work here some (laughs) i did have some uh teammates whose dads it was always the dad that coached us yeah uh, and it was always the worst when they were the worst player but they were always the starting center that mm. definitely happened yeah it happened it was the I, worst well i had my we, dad we called coach that coaches me. coaches son syndrome it's yeah. like yeah. to me it like it was, sorry tommy didn't mean to cut you off there but sorry. um i felt like Claude Noel and Andrew Ladd kind of had a coach's son thing going on. It's like, why is Andrew Ladd on the playoffs or on the power play? Like, it just <laughs> yeah. seemed like he was coach's son. Anyway, sorry, Tommy. Yeah, I was just gonna say I I had my dad coach me uh, in minor hockey a couple seasons or like here and there. Like he would basically alternate between coaching my team and my brother's team, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like every every other year for a handful of years there, my dad would be in on that coaching and stuff. And, and I, it was like, I never got to start at center. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <"Damn it!" laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like it was, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's, um, it depends on whatever, like circumstances as far as the, the, how the vibe will go down. But I think from what I can gather based on, interviews i've heard with adam lowry and stuff that him and his dad have a pretty fun and good relationship uh fun fact dave lowry's nickname is jungle um weird yeah so uh that's a good nickname (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's because he's like a big tarzan looking kind of guy or something (laughs) like that not sure where it comes from but (laughs) i can't imagine that the whole like hockey dad hockey son dynamic really would would happen at the nhl level you know like there's a reason that he's a professional hockey player and there's a reason that dave's uh was a professional hockey player now a coach you know i I imagine and i imagine that has a lot to do with what dave taught adam as a kid i just can't see that actually being a thing yeah yeah i don't think well, like on on uh, day one of training camp, it's like okay, power play one, Adam Lowry at center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, our leading scorer from the playoff bubble, Adam Lowry, you're you're starting center. <laughs> power Shoot play number out, two, man. Adam Lowry. Adam Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, Shifes, you're gonna have to sit this one yeah. out. <laughs> Shifes, uh, healthy scratch for Shifes. Uh, Lowry, yeah. uh, line number one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dad. You know though. In all seriousness, I wouldn't mind seeing Lowry on the power play just just park himself in front of the goalie and then clean up the greasy garbage goal rebound stuff. You know what I mean? Like that might actually be a thing. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, they so, might need a whole new way of uh, approaching things this this season. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, you don't have that Dustin Bufflin cannon from the top anymore, uh, and that was probably a big part of what was wrong with their power play last year, because he, he he, do, like the other team has to respect had had uh, past ends had to respect Bufflin's shot, and so if he didn't tee it up, he could move that puck across as himself a right-hand pass, slide it over to line A for the one-timer, you know? And so teams had to give him the space that he was either going to shoot it or whatever. And without his shot up there, you know, no, no disrespect to Neil Pionk, uh, but he just doesn't have that, doesn't have that cannon. Well, that, that, that 2018 season was like, it just, everything connected, you know, and, I don't know. Just yeah. it's it just to me. It just seems like we're we're quite a ways away from that again. But we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, it's weird uh, because they they are not that different a roster mm-hmm. aside from lose having lost Bufflin. Really, yeah, Bufflin, and Myers, Sherrod, Truba. Those guys are all right. gone now. So there's okay. four D. <laughs> but okay, other. So different <laughs> exactly the same but different yeah. but uh, yeah. it just seems like the the their execution and their mentality is not the same like last season if the jets were down by three in the second it's like this game's over but yeah 2018 it's like oh they're coming back you know like it's just starting yeah, yeah. like they yeah. just got a slow start but they're coming back but yeah i don't <laughs> know again it's yeah, t- crazy to me it just seems like the next season is actually st- it's still very far away so it you know it's it's very difficult to um to even picture it like i don't know it just maybe maybe once things are like set in stone maybe there'll be a few more moves like maybe like you know like that will kind of ignite some stuff because all you know like tommy said tampa bay has to do a bunch of stuff still before the season and like maybe teams are being uh you know they're waiting until they actually until they're actually forced to make some some of those moves. So maybe maybe definitely... there is a move coming for the Jets as well. Um, yeah, I would say like if I need to make a call right now that if this is the Jets team going into the next season, I think we'd have to play pretty well to even make the playoffs. I I just I, I that's 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 what I see. But you know, Connor Hellebuck needs to be Connor Hellebuck, the Vesna winner again, for sure, for the Jets to have sort of a chance at making a decent statement in the regular season. If it's a Canadian division, though, I I don't know. I I think that the Jets can come out half decent in a Canadian division. Um, but, you know, how that bodes come playoffs or anything like that, we'll see. But, like, you know, it's... Uh, at this point, we don't even know when or how a hockey yeah. season is going to happen, so it's it's kind of all weird speculation. But yeah, it's 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 it feels so far away, but it it could all start to happen real quick. Like you know, we're in yeah. December already, and it could be that you know by the um, end of December they're going into training camp and whatever, and you know, fingers crossed the world juniors will happen right around Christmas as well. And so, yeah, yeah, it'll be. So be... how would that happen? If there's a Canadian division, they'll just play each other. 
So would there be like three American divisions that just play each other? I guess so. Yeah. yeah they, they would just play within their division. So even, yeah. so like say for instance, so you've only got six or seven opponents for the whole season. Basically. So you would maybe right. play Toronto six times, you know, or however that would be to make it 48 yeah. or whatever it's going to be. And yeah. then, um, the first two rounds of the playoffs, apparently you stay within your division, similar to how they do it. Like you got to play your way out of the central yeah. or whatever. So, um, yeah, out of the Canadian division playoffs would happen. You'd still just be Canadian. And then by then maybe they would move the whole thing to a bubble or wherever we're at by that yeah. point, I think once they which hit would the playoff. be next summer anyways. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and hey, we might have a vaccine for COVID-19 by then. So who knows what could happen? I, it's, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess maybe one last order of business, Tommy. We forgot. You still forgot to name the episode. I sure did. <laughs> I sure did, Randy. Uh, so, Matt, just so you know, we've been doing something different. Season three of of uh, Talking Hockey. Instead of calling it season three, episode one, we call it like season three, episode Liute, because he was number one. Episode. Actually, Mike Liute is Patrick Liney's agent, I think. So. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure. But, wow. but so like last week was episode three, and I named it uh, Sergey Boughton, episode Boughton. Yeah. I don't know if you remember Sergey okay, Bolton yeah. at all. So, oh, sure do, yeah. Yeah, so this week Tom's got the honors of of naming episode four. Well, so number four, episode four, famously, obviously, Bobby Orr, but I didn't want to go down that road. But it is a defenseman's number, and we had some talk about Germans earlier, what with the Deutschland Dangler and Tim Stutzel. How about a guy who um, who is known for his frosted tips, or was known, for his frosted tips, Yui Krupp. <laughs> he wore number four. He also wore number 44, but he mostly wore number four. And Yui Krupp, he played for, uh, well, he played for a handful of teams. Buffalo, uh, the Islanders. He played for the Nordiques for like a half a year or a year. The Islanders, uh, their Colorado, Detroit. Hell, Yui Krupp. Even played for the Atlanta Thrashers in 0203 before retiring. So he could have been a Jet if he just stuck around for like 10 more years. <laughs> like like Chris Chelios. Yeah. Yui played, you know, 15 years in the NHL. I'm pretty sure he's like a coach of the German national program these days. I think that's where I've seen him last. Yeah. Yeah. You see him like behind the bench at the world juniors or Olympics or whatever. So still doing it. Yeah. Tim, Tim Stutzels. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I couldn't find it, but I'm pretty sure I have a hockey card of Yui Krupp warm ups, no helmet frosted tips nice Ooh, yeah <laughs> yeah i could definitely see that i bet you he still has frosted tips <laughs> hey may, and maybe stutzel is like coach's son for ua group and he gets like all the <laughs> he gets all the, the ideal ice times yeah uh, nice right on well let's uh yeah let's wrap it up let's throw to another song we've got uh speaking of those sweet reverse retro jets jerseys that Randy was saying is like a negative image of the Dale Howard truck 
picture or whatever. This is a song called uh, Dale Howarchuk by a band called Les Dale Howarchuk. Uh, so they're from Montreal, I'm pretty sure. It's a French, they're a French band. Pretty famous. They've kind of done their thing. I don't know if they're still around, to be honest with you, but like they were around a long time and they were always a band I had heard about just because they were called Les Dale Howarchuk. And I was like, I mean that's a cool name. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're 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 a pretty fun band. So let's let's go out on a tune about our uh, hero in Winnipeg here, Dale Howardchuck, R.I.P. And yeah, it's, uh, it's Danny. It was great having you on, Matt. Good to see you again. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was good to see you guys too. Yeah. Are you are you uh, going to be watching the World Juniors, Matt? Sure will. I love watching those things. Right on. We'll we'll have you back in the new year then and we'll talk some World Jays. Yeah, I'd love to. Sweet. All right. Well, here's uh Lays Dale Howardchuck with Dale Howardchuck. Keep your stick on the ice. Thanks for tuning in. J'allume ma dernière cigarette, je débouche ma dernière bière tablette, je fais jamais de joke et les tapettes, mais je la bougerai des gros salettes, portain à gauche, Je suis rendu clean, rendu correct, permet du pitot dans le gâteau. 